to Fempreneur True Confessions Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Laura. I am the owner of ODAA Virtual Assistant Agency. We are a small boutique style agency here to help small businesses um, to have somebody to delegate work to, um, have somebody to help out behind the scenes, be able to run your business so that you can grow as well as not always have to be present in your business knowing that we are there to help. So if you have vacation, you have family time, um, holidays are coming, everything's going on. We're here to help out and make sure things still run smoothly while you deal with all the other things in your life. Awesome. And I'm Angelique with Lady Powerhouse Solutions. And Lady Powerhouse Solutions offers a heart-centered approach to um, project and event management for women entrepreneurs who are on fire and lighten up the world with their passion and drive. We help them achieve their mission in the most authentic way possible. And Laura and I really do similar things. And rather than compete with each other, we've chosen to support each other and believe in an abundance mindset where there's more than enough for everyone. Um, We refer clients to each other. We hire each other for different things because we kind of, we do the same type of thing. We both have agencies, but I do a lot more marketing, digital marketing and um, automations and strategy and things like that. Um, And Laura, what's your focus? Would you say? Um, well, the strategy is part of it, but mainly, you know, having the team behind the scenes to get stuff done. So, um, when strategists, consultants, coaches, um, usually will do project management and then, um, the project manager isn't always covering all of the work. So then the VAs come into play where, you know, they can come in and get the work done and be able to actually you know, and have that start to form that team uh, feel that goes into the business. So, yeah. yeah. And so um, together, we're Fempreneur Two Confessions. Our mission is to empower women in business and life to live authentically, support each other instead of competing, and to model this authenticity through our business and personal relationships to empower other women to do the same. So we're really just trying to normalize the struggles and share the lessons that we've learned. And that's why we have guests is because we could share all day long, but we're not the only women out there facing challenges with our businesses um, and that have lessons that we can share. So um, today we have fantastic guests. We do. Laura. Super exciting. So we have Amila. And we were killing her name last week, so we apologize already. But it is Amila. And often um, she's called a midwife to the soul. Amila coaches, teaches, and empowers people to engage their intuition, put themselves at the center of their lives, and trust themselves at the guidance they receive. She especially enjoys helping highly sensitive people, empaths, seekers, Um, who are feeling sick, lost, or confused, um, and help them discern their way forward. After two decades as a student, as a student affairs administrator, uh, a um, a 2004 rollover car accident cracked open intuitive, psychic, and energy healing capacities. In 2010, Amila integrated these capacities with coaching creative into intuitive life and career coaching, a blend of 
coaching, intuitive development, and energy healing. She became an ICF professional certified coach and in 2013 went on to become a certified um, spark is a sparky type spark type advisor in 2022 sorry about that <laughs> in addition to serving as a coach and mentor to those curious and ready to engage their own intuitive capacities and spiritual gifts she offers intuitive psychic readings and energy body alignment a form of energy healing for people and for pets wonderful to have you here thanks for having me i'm so glad to be here Welcome, welcome. Um, so I'm super excited about digging into your story because I feel like that it's one that women don't often like to share because it feels like failure. Um, and well, one of the things that that you one of your stories was about how you left your business, your private practice behind after five mm -hmm. years for full time mm -hmm. work. Um, because you needed financial stabi stability and, and your practice wasn't providing, it wasn't creating that yet. And so mm -hmm. you returned to it, but what happened after about five years? Yeah. So after that 2004 car accident, I started doing intuitive readings and energy healing primarily, and then integrated the coaching. And as I started to build the practice, um, I was working locally. I was living in Albuquerque at the time and I was having small groups locally and I was doing, um, some coaching over the phone because back then it was phone. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I was really bumping up my resistance to marketing number one and to increasing my prices number two. So the work I was doing with people was fantastic. I really adored it, but I could not really show up in a way that embraced my being able to market and bring more clients in. I was not that interested. My podcasts weren't as a big deal then or live streams, but it took a lot of work to bring clients in from other parts of the world or country. And um, I was struggling. And I have had um, bouts of chronic fatigue since the car accident. So I found that um, after five years of kind of pushing my edge around marketing, writing blogs, writing for magazines, um, just getting out there, doing offerings, I was still not earning enough to support or contribute as much as I needed to, to our resources. I was married. I still am married at the time. And, um, and some interesting things happened. So I was looking for some part-time work originally, and I was uh, a part of a unity church in Albuquerque. And I had been a member of that church for a long time. It's a, um, it's a, new thought church. It's not a traditional Christian church. Um, and I was in the office doing something, I don't know what, but the, the board was meeting inside uh, the office and the minister yelled out, who was actually a good friend of mine, hey, Emma, do you want to work in the office part-time? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm building my business. And I went home and I talked to my husband and he was like, what were you thinking? Of course you want to work in that office part-time. You love that place. 
And then uh, I talked to my therapist and she said the same thing. She's like, really go back to work part-time. It's perfect. You'll be able to figure out if your health can sustain it. And, um, and I did. And after a few months, the ministers moved on to another uh, church and I was running the church as the administrator. So I was running everything while they were doing, they were looking for um, new ministers and all of that. I was booking people to speak on Sundays. Like I was working really hard full time for, you know, not all that much money. And after doing that for about nine months, I was like, okay, well, finally, I feel like financially stable and I can't do this and put money and put time into my practice anymore. But I also wanted something um, that was back in higher ed. So I started looking for a job. And this is one of those um, little synchronistic miracles that happened for me, which was I um, had talked with somebody at Southwestern College, the director of admissions the previous year. Just my husband had gone to the school. We had a nice chat. And I just came home one day and I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, hey, Drew, uh, do you have any jobs? I'm ready to go back to work full time. And um, she said, well, after she picked her jaw up off the floor, she said, yes, actually, I'm hiring an admissions person. And so uh, that started my five years work at Southwestern College in Santa Fe, Mexico, where we moved shortly after. But closing my business, or actually I didn't close my business. I just like put it on simmer is the way I could say it, right? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't end working with the clients I had. They organically ended their time with me when they were finished with their packages or work together. But um, it was a hard blow. I mean, today I can tell the story without crying and without weeping <laughs> and sobbing even. But at the time, it did feel like a failure, right? But I also knew that our financial situation was such that I needed to make some money and I needed to make it quickly. And my experience of being in business at the time was not that, right? I was gonna more time and I was gonna have to push through more of my own limiting beliefs in order to grow enough to support um, myself and my husband. So I went back to work. Wow. That's wonderful. So you did the five years and you said there was a health crisis. There was, you know, I was, it was a very small school and um, I was the only student affairs person there. And um, when COVID hit, I was already pretty tired. And um, a few months into COVID in the spring, summer of 2020, I came down with adrenal fatigue. And so I took a, 12, a 10 week leave of absence because I really couldn't function. I was exhausted, completely exhausted. And at the end of that time, um, the I started to engage with them about coming back to work and my doctor advised me to come back part-time. And uh, they were not open to that. They wanted me to come back full time. Ah. And so I was at this um, very interesting decision point. Yeah. Either I was going to put my health at risk and go back to work full time, 
or I was going to step away altogether and grieve that loss. And it was a huge loss for me. I had thought I would spend the rest of my career at that college. By that time, I had clo I had closed my practice. I had closed all the doors. I had, you know, just unregistered it from the state. I was not seeing clients. And um, I had shifted my attention to working and serving at that institution. And so um, the grief was really debilitating, actually. Like I was already exhausted and I had, was having flare-ups of the chronic fatigue. And, um, and then I had to grieve the loss of a family, really. You know, I had very close friends there and, um, and just focus on my own healing. I know at that point in our lives, we were financially stable, whether or not I um, continued in that job. You know, we had a cushion and I could take some time off to heal. And my husband was supportive of me doing that. So um, it was really, um, it was one of the hardest like decision points, right? The first time I left my, pra when I left my practice, um, it was a hard choice, but our, our needs for financial sustenance right. definitely yeah. went out. Right? <laughs> but in this case, it was more about cutting off a sense of belonging, you know, a place mm -hmm. that I was really committed to and serving the students, the organization itself. And so after a few months of being home and resting and recuperating and, um, I heard the guidance, start opening your practice again, open your business again. And so in the fall of 2020, in November, I formally opened it. And then I started taking clients later that year and have been rebuilding ever since. So I can totally see how, you know, that first part of my story for many entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and for me at the time felt like a failure. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. my belief is if we're meeting our own needs, it's not failing. Right. 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 We have needs in a lot of different ways. <laughs> well, right. and we all have needs, but we can all meet them in different ways. Absolutely. Um, and mm -hmm. for some people being in a, you know, a corporate or organizational environment, um, mm -hmm. is where we thrive. And, um, but I will be honest with you now that I've gone out on my own, it's been really difficult. Um, even though I would benefit from that, like you were saying more stability, cause I had a health crisis. Um, and, um, you know, I've been, I've not, I'm not able to work as much as I was a year ago. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe my time would be better spent working with a company and, and mm -hmm. not having to worry about all this other stuff. But I tell you, it's honestly, it's hard. It's, it is. It's hard to want to go back. Right. Yeah. Like, and I'll say just this spring, I, I think this was another breakthrough for, for me. And, um, because I really believe that entrepreneurship is a spiritual and personal growth practice. Right. Being an entrepreneur pushes all of our buttons yes. <laughs> face to face with all of our <laughs> limiting beliefs, all the things we think we're not good enough at, all of it, uh, resources, value, you know, self-worth. 
And I hit a place that like that this spring and March. And um, I live nearby to a lot of high-end resorts that hire metaphysical practitioners. And one of them had a job open. And I thought, oh, I could just like pop over to that high-end resort and do intuitive readings and energy healing, you know, part-time. Yeah. And it'd be fantastic. Um, and I went through that whole interview process and I thought I was going to get the job and they decided not to hire until fall. Mm. And I think that was the last, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? I was like, oh yeah, okay. I am not ever going back to work for somebody else. Like this is all about me. Yeah. Now. And me and my you could call it higher power, my soul, my God, whatever, yes. right? The universe is supporting me in this direction. And I feel it more strongly really than I ever have. And that means coming up against more beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. More being willing to network in places that I've never networked before with people that I haven't worked with before. Um, mm -hmm. Pivoting my business to work with entrepreneurs, heart-centered entrepreneurs that are investing in themselves and investing in their, their business and know that their own personal and spiritual growth is the way to the success of their business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you find that a lot that entrepreneurs, when they're just starting, they start to hit that same level of it wasn't just. I'm going to start a business, but there's a whole thing about all of a sudden you are kind of hit in the face with, with it comes transformation, with it comes change, with it comes a mindset difference. Like there's a lot more that goes into in these steps and you don't think about it. Um, but as I, every, as I speak to people that are just coming in to business, they're all, they all kind of hit that, that wave of, my whole mindset changes. I'm struggling here because, yeah. you know, I I was confident where I was, and now all of a sudden I'm not confident, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah it, it's definitely a, a, a like that initial step is guess what? We're gonna confront you with all your stuff too while you're right. in this process. It's a, you know, there's so much about skill building, but then confidence building, learning like where is our place. Right. Not every, for instance, not every networking organization is for every human entrepreneur. Right. We have to find the one that we fit in and then find the offerings that work for us and the price points, the kind of people we want to work with and the outcomes those people have. And and then if you're in it for the evolution and the growth, then that's going to change after a few years. Right. And there'll be another yeah. level of skills we have to learn <laughs> and there'll be another shift in our uh, client base or our orientation, or maybe we add another service. And um, it's an investment mindset rather than uh, like a just so mm, I don't know what the other word would be, but, you know, just, well, the instant when gratification when I do this, I'll make this revenue. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's no, it'll, it'll be there. Payoff. It'll come next week. No, no, not always. Depending on yeah, where we might learn ways that it could come next week. Right. We might learn, for instance, 
you know, in the fall and the spring, my clients tend to need some extra support. So if I offer a three pack of sessions at a discounted rate, they tend to purchase those in the fall and the spring. But if I offer them at Christmas, they don't, right? So right. we learn what are the seasons of our business? Mm -hmm. What are the things that we need to push through to be able to do? And what are the warnings we need to heed in order to um, not uh, betray ourselves, right? Follow our own yeah. guidance and not, um, not give ourselves away, right? To right. whatever the newest gig is or the newest thing. Yeah. 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 Well, and that was one of the things we were going to touch on is, is talking about the building and rebuilding and managing a business using intuition rather than the current next great idea. Um, right. And um, you, you said you had a huge fail in this area that helped you double down on what works for you. Um, and, yeah. you know, the, the main main point being here, what works for one person may not necessarily work for all the people. Hence Absolutely. the importance of intuition. Hence the importance of intuition. Absolutely. You know, I, um, for many years when I was in Albuquerque in the first iteration of my business, I offered a women's winter retreat in person. It was very low cost, like $99. Come and spend the day. We'll do um, visioning really for the next year. And I decided to revive that uh, in 2021. Right. So I offered it in 2021 virtually. It was fantastic. And then in 2022, I enrolled in a program that helped me like build my Facebook group and launch a program. And I invested quite a bit of money in preparing the program launch. And I had expanded this women's winter retreat to a six week program. We were starting in February. It had beautiful graphics. It cost me I don't know, probably close to six, $10,000. I don't know. It was a lot of money <laughs> to put the whole thing together. And I had one person register. And mm. I was devastated, like to start the next year, 2022, with a loss, right? A big yeah. fat loss in my business. And I really got at that point that how I invest like I lost a lot of subscribers on my mailing list because they didn't like being peppered with information the way that particular trainer taught to launch something. Yeah. So I lost some people that I had been following me for years. I have loyal following <laughs> and they were like, Amelo, what are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. that doesn't work for us. And I right. really learned in that, not just financially, but what my audience appreciates, right? And that mm -hmm. is kind of straight talk, straight offerings, no hype, um, honest mm -hmm. conversations, honest blogs. They want to hear stories about my life. They want to learn about intuition and using it by hearing about what works and what doesn't. Right. In my sense. own experience and yeah. my, sometimes I have my clients tell their experiences. Um, and that helped me double down on my intuition, right. On my audience, on the people that I adore working with. Right. 
And uh, so now I spend a lot more time like discerning what about these programs is really useful for me. And what about these programs um, is useful maybe for others, but doesn't suit me right? or my clients. And I think that's one of the ways intuition can be helpful for us. And it can be as simple as noticing where the constriction is in the body, which means no, and where the opening is in the body, which means yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And just a real embodied, simple way to notice, like when I read this description, do I go like, that's our intuition, right? Just as much as, um, when we read something and we find ourselves leaning in and moving towards it. Yeah. So it can be hard. I think it can be challenging in business, maybe not hard, but challenging because we want to choose something that's going to work. And they feel like there are consequences if we don't. Yeah. Like well, there's good. consequences either way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Either way. Um, I want to talk more about what intuition feels like and looks like, because I think that's where a lot of people struggle is. And I know for me, getting back in touch with my intuition started in late 2021. And she had been there the whole time. But I just wasn't listening. I wasn't tuned in. And, um, you know, it did not serve me at all. Um, so for me, what I've noticed, if something crosses my mind several times, I need to do that or look into it or pay it some kind of attention to it. And it always pays off. Like it either saves me money or makes me money or just makes me make something easier, more convenient, or it could be any kind of positive, you know, reaction or feedback. But, and then I find if I ignore that nudge, I don't know what else to call it. Then it, it usually comes back to bite me in the ass for lack of a better word. Um, you know, no, really. And, and so for me, yeah. That's what it, it feels like. It feels like this, like it's on my mind. Like I just keep yeah. thinking about it or it keeps coming up somehow in conversation or I might see the same set of numbers four times in one day, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. Um, right. Mm -hmm. right. So often it's, often it's some, it's something that you can't not do. Right. You get a movement towards something like, gosh, I really want to go and uh, stop at this store today. Like, I don't really, like, where is that coming from? Is that my personality? Oh, I just want to shop today. Or do I just have this mm -hmm. feeling that I need to go there? And if I go there, gosh, maybe I'll run into, I, I, like, what happens to me often is I'll take a different route. I'll stop somewhere at a random time. And then, like, there's somebody that I run into that I really like, I adore. I want, if it's a good conversation. Right. Maybe. Or um, sometimes it shows up in a dream. Right. For many mm. people, intuition shows up in their dreams. It takes a little more attention to translate that dream into the guidance you're receiving. But um, that's often one way it shows up. So you're describing kind of a, a way that it comes into your consciousness. Right. And uh, it can also show up in dreams. It can also show up as a feeling sense, like I just described. Like I'm clairsentient, which means I feel it in my body. When I'm driving around, if um, I get a sense to turn right here instead of left, I'm going to follow that 
because my body is serving as the guidance system. Right. And sometimes I'll avoid an accident. Sometimes I'll like, I we're, we're giving kind of simple, uh, ways and synchronicities that happen in our lives. But if you could imagine honing that skill. So when an opportunity comes across your desk for your business, you get that same sensation, right? And yes. you say, oh, well, like you recognize when, it, right? You recognize it as some form of guidance, right? Or intuition, and you move in that direction. Some people will hear words, some people see pictures, right? They may like get a picture of uh, where to go for lunch, right? Or for dinner or what to buy as a gift for somebody or something like that. And that's what, that's um, another way that intuition shows up, right? Clear audience is when you hear things, clairvoyance is when you see things, their sentences when you sense them in the body. So there's a lot of ways that people can hear or see, feel, experience guidance. And, um, and it's fun to practice with the lighter things, right? So yeah. that you feel confident when it comes to making decisions. And just like any other muscle or the, you know, skill, you know, the more you practice, the better you get, the more confident, you know, and that's Laura, you were talking about earlier before we went on the podcast, she was talking about muscle memory. Um, and it's very similar to that, right? Like the more you use it, the easier it is to use and recognize and the less you do, then the less it is. Um, Laura, what about you? What is your experience with following your intuition? What does it look like or feel like to you? So I blocked mine from such an early age um, that I'm not always clear. For me, I do a lot of dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm an HSP and an empath. So I do a lot of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but when people are like, you know, just close your eyes and concentrate. For me, it's colors. So I, you know, and everybody's like, well, where's, you know, the big, you're going to get this big vision and this big sound is going to come. It's just going to be so clear. And I've been waiting (laughs) years for the clarity for sure, because I'm not, you know, so like you're saying, it's, it's practicing that it's not going to be, it's not anything for me even yet fully to just be like, yes, that is my intuition. It's still quiet enough where I could go. Hmm. You can dismiss it. You can dismiss it. And that quietness, that's actually how we know it's intuition, right? Because intuition does what I've noticed over the years is intuition talks in two ways, real, like a whisper and a nudge Mm -hmm. or a big ass whack, right? Right. (laughs) But the car accident I was in, I would say in retrospect, where was a result of not following the guidance I was receiving. I was hearing very clear guidance to do something, to change my life, to move, and I to change how I was working. And I was not heeding that. Ooh. And um, I had had a spiritual experience this, that summer. And then I had just gone back from that 
retreat experience, dove right into work again, and I was overworking and ignoring my intuition again within a month or so, right? And then I got a pretty big whack that said, pay yeah. attention. Now, I don't think we all need that kind of whack. I don't, re I don't encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Listen to the whispers. Get really good at listening yes, to the whispers. Yes. Because it makes our lives much more easeful, much more gentle, mm -hmm. and it leads us uh, closer, you know, to ourselves first and foremost. Like you said, Laura, I'm also an empath. I'm also a highly sensitive person. Our nervous systems are very sensitive, and mm -hmm. taking the time to fine tune our understanding of our nervous system and what it needs to thrive and giving that to ourselves. It helps our intuition come through more clearly. Yeah. And so yeah. that might be sleeping longer, resting longer, being in less stimulating environments, um, living alone instead of with communities of people um, or Maybe it's time in nature, you know? I know a lot of people who get really clear intuition and guidance when they're in nature. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Very clear, sense. or yeah. writing. Some people get it through writing and journaling or alternate handwriting, where you write the question in your dominant hand and the answer in your non-dominant hand. Right. So not only can you only vaguely read it, you, you <laughs> definitely um, get a sense of uh, not being in control of what's coming out. Right. It's not your conscious mm -hmm. mind because it's not the, the hand you usually write with. So, you know, there are so many ways we can nourish ourselves and just know that, you know, intuition is pointing us towards our good. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. That's Things the thing. That it's look, like this conspiring for us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also that it, intuition isn't a straight line, right? It's, yes. a, it's often a curvy line. We've all seen that meme, right? Where you start here, <laughs> you end there, you think it's a straight line, but you're going like this all the way in between. Right. Intuition right. kind of does that. So um, yeah. sometimes it's, it's uh, really direct. Like you send an email at just the right time that the person receives it and says, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's, it's really just, let's do this over and over and over until there's a result. Right. And that's time. how I, that's how I started out. Like, wait, is that my intuition? Is that, well, let's just follow it and see. And I mean, you know, so if you hear a little whisper and you're not sure, what does it hurt mm -hmm. to like, follow it, follow right. it. Right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Right helps our, us be clear about our intuition and keeping it fun. And if it isn't our intuition and we stumble, okay, forgive ourselves. Now we know. Right? Mm -hmm. Now we know. Yeah. Okay. That's not quite what it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that self-acceptance <laughs> and forgiveness is really important, right? Because certainly mm -hmm. shaming or blaming ourselves doesn't help our intuition uh, at all. It kind of kinks the hose. Like without mm -hmm. really, in order to have a clear channel for our intuition, curiosity, openness, willingness are all the things. And it means breathing through fear, 
Mm. You know, let it go of constriction. Yeah. And we can see better. We can see better. We can discern. That's what you were describing, Angelic, being able to discern more clearly. Yeah. And I think that's the path of entrepreneurship <laughs> as well as into development, right? Learning to discern yeah. what's ours and what's not ours. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Patricia's been exactly. with us today. Thank you, Patricia, for tuning in Hi, live. Patricia. She said, hello, following the pool to change, pull to change or, or pivot brings with it, it its own issues. Following spiritual guidance equals priceless return on investment. And that's so true. So Absolutely. true. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you, um, you have a guide for uh, our listeners, a free guide. Lord, uh, what's the deets on that? Let me grab that. So um her free guide is five ways to engage your intuition and transform your life you also get bi-weekly bits of inspiration around spiritual growth personal development development and engaging your intuition to transform your life and business um so we will leave the link um in the show notes yes. for that i'm gonna go sign um, up for and that then if you're curious oh, <laughs> definitely right? yes yeah, and if you sign up, I'll say if you me. sign up this week, you'll get some information. I do rapid intuitive readings on Fridays, uh, the first and third Friday of the month. And so we're coming up on the third Friday of August. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get the information to be able to link into that. Um, Can you believe reading. like we're halfway through mm-hmm. August already? How is it even possible? I don't know. <laughs> It's just blown. It's just, just crazy. Um, All right. So one of the, and then the other thing too, uh, as most coaches offer free consultation, we'll drop the link for that for, um, I keep wanting to say Amila because that's how I've been pronouncing it for, it's Emila. And uh, next week's guest is Gina Calhoun. Um, And we like to encourage the current guests to introduce the next guest just to show support and a lack, you know, no no competition. We're actually all in the same team here. So, um, Emila, are you ready? I'm ready. And I, I just want to say I completely agree. Entrepreneurs you know we there's enough people and there's enough business all over the planet for every single one of us so there's no reason to compete let's lift each other up let's support each other so gina i can't wait to hear your interview and gina was born in chicago illinois and moved to the sunshine state when she was three years old she's a city girl at heart but loves her florida roots gina is the owner and co-founder of clean pro motorsports and pro powder coating She's a former VP for engineering for a hotel management company. And at a young age, Gina worked on cars with her dad in the garage instead of playing with Barbies. Oh, I love that about you, Gina. Um, She would get dirt and grease all over her dresses and still loves every minute of it. When COVID came around, Gina and her husband, Jason, decided to take the leap and leave the corporate world and open their own company. With her background in business and multiple master's degrees and his in automotive detailing, they had a perfect pairing to start this business. 
So now the two, two and a half years later, they have multiple locations and a mobile vehicle on the road. They offer hundreds of services, including detailing, ceramic coating, powder coating, just to name a few. So I can't wait to hear about Gina's story next yeah. week. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, I just love that, that it's a different kind of business. This isn't strictly about just coaches and authors and speakers, right? There are actually women out there doing um, brick and mortar type of work. Um, you know, so much though yes. of what we do for business, COVID just shifted a lot of it so that it is more um, global and, and mobile um, and online. So um, Absolutely. Awesome. Although I have to say, after we moved, we moved to Tucson a year ago, and I really want to do local work now. Like I, I will continue to be a global professional because I love that. But I noticed that, especially with my pet healing services, I want to work in the local community. You know, I want to affiliate with some really cool pet stores, and I want to like oh, do yeah. the work here because we haven't had that chance to be in community for a couple yes. of years. Yes. And certainly, you know, we're talking about being in a post-COVID world, but we're also in like a post-isolation world. Like yep. let's mm -hmm. get in and be in our community like Gina is, yeah. you know, and like so many other women and on the ground businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I do a lot in animal rescue. And so when I read in your bio, I was like, and pets. And I'm like, oh, already my heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, um, but I see that in that world, you know, the needs. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks cool. so much for having me today. It's You're very welcome. Both of you. And um, I look forward to sharing the conversation with the folks in my audience. And my awesome. Family. Patricia has a good suggestion. Look for mobile pet groomers. That's a good idea, yeah. too. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's boarding places where you know you they do like spa days for animals. Just join right in with them. Like I got something for you too. Yeah, helping <laughs> yeah. pets with their anxiety is a big thing. Yeah, you know, a lot of pets yeah. out there with And they've been home with us, so you know normally we go to work and we be stressed out at work, and they get to stay home and feel comfortable. But now that work is at home and we're all stressed out in the house, my dogs are definitely much more anxious since COVID hmm. and things like that. I never really thought about that. I don't have any pets currently, um, but the majority of my life I've had some kind of pet um, or multiple mm -hmm. pets. Uh, at one point we had a dog, a cat and a bird, you know, like we had a, a whole zoo, but um, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Alrighty then. Well, um, our only announcement this week is be sure to get on that email list. Uh, we send out weekly emails and pretty soon we're going to be sending out some monthly recaps of uh, the fantastic offerings that each of our guests have each week. Um, so stay tuned for that. Be sure to get on the list so that once that rolls out, you will be privy to it. And uh, we will see you guys next week on Tuesday and uh, somewhere around 3 to 3.30, we will go live with Gina. And um, we'll see you guys next week. All right, everyone. Have a Bye, great everyone. one. Thank you.